We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. High and inside. Chin music. A little chin music. Take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, yeah. How about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. When you have, you know, half of a team who doesn't live up to the potential or play to their abilities, that is us. That's what happened with us. That's the White Sox. That's a record of 81 and 81. Um, so the good news is, is that we played terrible and, you know, we, we were right there at 81 and 81. Um, and that's the bottom of the barrel. That's saying, you know, that was pretty much worst case scenario. Worst, if someone would say, what's the White Sox, if they all crap the bed there, you'd, you'd see it right there. It'd be 81 and 81. So, you know, if you're just playing the numbers game, that most likely, you know, lightning's not going to strike twice. So, I'm definitely looking forward to this year. Um, you know, obviously with, with Pedro coming in, um, you know, it's always it's always good to have a, a, a new face and, and, and a new leader. Um, but last year was all about not playing great. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine playing chin music. That was Joe Kelly on the White Sox Talk podcast. Chuck Garfine at NBC Sports Chicago. It's a must-listen for Sox fans. And Joe Kelly, Bruce, 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 I don't think that was the worst-case scenario. I cringed when he said it. I know what he was trying to say. But the White Sox uh, at 81 and 81 because everything went wrong, it could have been worse. And I I just don't – I sort of don't want anybody to look at that and rationalize anything that happened except for the acceptance that they weren't – intense enough they weren't good enough they didn't try hard enough it wasn't enough period and uh i don't know how you could i I understand the the need to rationalize it but it's a season that you just can't rationalize well i think it was the worst case scenario the team was expected to win 100 games okay that that was that was up there you know the white Sox were with their additions they were they were considered to be you know, the favorites to, to make a step up last year after, uh, you know, failing in the playoffs two years in a row. I think that that was their goal. Uh, Kelly was supposed to be a part of that. I, I think the finger points right back at him and, and a lot of the players. David, what, what player other than Dylan Cease had a good year for the Chicago White Sox? 
Oh, I that would be difficult. You I mean, talking injuries, pitcher or talking, position player? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Hendricks was great, and and he's certainly a, a big, you know, thought as to going forward how good the White Sox are going to be. Uh, arguably missing some games or a significant amount of games, we don't know about how his treatments are uh, going to take on him and when he'll be back. But <clears throat> other than him and Hendricks. Um, I mean, you know, other guys had good years. Abreu's year was good. It was not com- comparable to some of his outstanding years. You had Anderson. You had uh, a center fielder. You had uh, Eli all playing 50% of the games. Okay. So from, from all of that, um, I, I think it was one of the worst-case scenarios for a team that was loaded with talent. Okay, let me just get to the bottom of it then. It's probably just because it's Joe Kelly. It's probably because <laughs> I just I, – I, the guy, I think, wasn't what, what he was paid to be. I think he came here and used the Sox as a season. This was his rehab season. And I don't know how he fits in, but I do know this. Unfortunately, the, the Sox are now in a position where, with the unfortunate news about Liam Hendricks and the – lymphoma that he is fighting and everybody wants for him to make a successful and healthy return and that's where everyone's thoughts and prayers are on the south side but they now have to rely on joe kelly more as everybody takes on a little bit more responsibility and that would scare me as a Sox fan because i don't know what you're going to get from him and i think that uh, the last season he made more of an impact with his it was just he he had as disappointing of a year as anybody in that bullpen. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent right. Uh, is Kendall Graveman your closer, and is as durable as he is, and as good as he is, is that is that the right call? And and who makes up all those uh, valuable setup innings where he was almost an everyday player? You know, probably a 70 plus uh, game guy going in there doing a, a tremendous job, a dirty job sometimes, but. A tremendous job just keeping the team, the other team at bay while the White Sox are trying to come back or, or hold on to slim leads last year. So from all of that, I, I would say that, um, you know, it, it was an indictment of himself and, and other people. I, I, he didn't point the finger his way. He kind of pointed it at La Russa on his way out in that statement, uh, you know, that, hey, we're, we're going to be refreshed by having a new a new uh, face here and, and Pedro as a manager. And I, I think... He will bring a different energy and a, a new energy. But, you know, again, uh, I, I don't think Tony LaRusso had a, a real lot to do with guys having down years. Same pitching coach, Ethan Katz, comes back. Pedro Grafold, the manager. Bruce, let's look at this bullpen as much as we can uh, with Liam Hendricks likely to be out indefinitely. You just can't plan. And, again, that is secondary to what's most important to his future right now, he's fighting He's fighting lymphoma, and you hope for the best. How does the Sox bullpen stack up without him? You said Graveman might be your de facto closer. Is that the right move? Could Reynaldo Lopez be somebody that steps forward? How do you view this, this bullpen shaping up, and, and how limited now does it make your trade options if, we, as we talked about last week, teams are asking or would want Aaron Bummer and or Garrett Crochet in any kind of trade conversations? Well, crochet coming back, and you know that's a it's a lethal. Hopefully he's hundred percent. It's a lethal arm in that bullpen from the left side. He has you know closer stuff. 
Uh, they've talked about the fact they want him to be a starting pitcher, and that was just a part-time role to break in the major leagues. Okay, that's all, all well and good. We don't know what he's going to be capable of uh, coming back. Uh, if, if the White Sox had more starting pitching depth, David, I would put uh, Kopech in the closer's role and say, here's your job for the next uh, seven years. Go ahead and enjoy because you're not only a dominant pitcher, you showed you you know how to pitch last year by not having a dominant fastball and pitching injured almost all year long. I thought it was pretty heroic of him to pitching through that knee problem and then getting the, that offseason uh, surgery, surgery done. Uh, it's it's not a major surgery, but still a surgery. He should be fine for opening day. I'm, I've always said he's a closer. I, I, I like the way he showed as a starting pitcher. He didn't do anything to to not be a starting pitcher, but to me, uh, Kopech's the, the natural closer in that bullpen. I think he has the mentality, the stuff, and uh, I don't see any problem him throwing the, three or four days a week. The problem as, with as, that, as though, Bruce, I, the problem with that, though, stuff, stuff aside, you can't put him back in the rotation once he ceases being your closer. I don't think you can – you, you can go back and forth with a guy whose who's durability has been a, a question mark and whose stuff does fit the job description, but I, I don't know about that. I, I think, number one, you don't have the depth in your rotation to afford that experiment. And secondly, when you do get Liam Hendricks back, and the assumption is that you, you hope to get that, that closer back at some point in time, then what do you do with Michael Kopech? Do you keep him in a, in a setup role? Do you have two lethal arms at the back end of your bullpen? It, it seems like a big ask to do if you, if you also have somebody who in his heart remains a guy that wants the ball every fifth day. I think they're great points, valid points. Uh, I, I just think you got to win, baby, in the early part of the year. If you don't have the lockdown closer, you know, the second half of the season is not going to mean too much to you when Hendricks comes back. But, you know, you're right. It has to be thought out like, okay, if Kopech isn't the closer, how do we get him lengthened out? We spent the last three years trying to lengthen him out. He went from 69 innings to 125 innings. Uh, not now, uh, you know, how do, how do we get him – if we, we shorten him up, will we ever be able to get his innings up to the point of uh, being a starting pitcher again? I think it's it's a great point, and it's a well-thought-out point by you, David. Um, I just I just like him as a closer, and, and Hendricks is going into arguably his last year as well. I think they hold an option on him uh, for the following year. But, you know, at his age and uh, point of his career, you have to start looking forward in that role as well. 312-644-6767. What do you think the White Sox should do? Let us know. We are talking White Sox here on the scores inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 1045. Paul Seton Hall after that with Zach Zaidman on the call. Bruce, when you look at some of the little tidbits around baseball this week concerning the Sox, our guy Johnny Cueto signs with the Marlins. He's out of the mix. I think that was inevitable once you got Michael Clevenger. Also very interesting, good for Adam Engel. Signs with the Padres. You could see him fitting in there as a fourth outfielder, a defensive replacement, but a good key piece on a very good team. And I think under the radar, the Sox, let me ask you this. We know what Jake Marisnik is as a defensive outfielder from seeing him in a cameo on the north side. Didn't the Sox sign him to a minor league deal with the expectation or maybe right. the hopes that he can maybe plug a hole defensively in an outfield that needs it? Very, very, very um, 
Very, very true when it comes to uh, Marisnik. He can play all three outfield positions well, good center fielder. So it gives them more depth uh, at that position. He's, he's uh, the way that they looked at Angle, I think that's how they look at Marisnik, you know, in a, a different buy-in. I think Angle, you know, bringing him back, you know, a- after two colossal games that he had that were uh, colossal to the other other way, David, he was just... He had two games that he helped personally lose, you know, by dropping a, a fly ball in one with yeah. two outs in the ninth inning. The yeah. other time uh, being a part of a infamous uh, triple play by two base running mistakes on the same play of not tagging up, uh, which is incredible to, to even think back and remember that being a part of the disaster of the White Sox season last year. So with all that said, it was time for Adam to move on. Terrific guy, fought through a lot of injuries. So I think Marisnik is that. I, I do like the, the depth point of uh, adding Marisnik. You know, I think that's that's really essential there. I'm still waiting for that catching depth. I, I want to know where that's coming from, David. I'm still waiting for a second baseman. I think that their internal options aren't good enough, Bruce, for a team that wants to win the division and return to the playoffs. I don't know that you can go into a season expecting Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa to be the ones that fill the gap. I think you're going to be disappointed. And I also cringed and shuddered at the thought this week when I saw, I think it was Jim Bowden reporting that the White Sox are still in on or interested in Josh Harrison. They gave his number away, Bruce. How can they bring him back? (laughs) I think a trade for Nick Madrigal is what we've talked about before. I think that makes the most sense, you know, he just doesn't have a place on the Cubs. I mean, again, somebody gets hurt, Nick is going to be ready. I believe in his ability to hit the ball. I don't think he plays anything but second base, and I think playing second base for the White Sox would be a natural thing for him to go back there and, and pick up where he left off. How about Gavin Sheets for Nick Madrigal? Who says no? Who says no? That would be a deal that could help both teams get a little pop in the DH position with the Cubs' need. Uh, and the Sox get their second baseman that they've been looking for. They, they know what he's all about. I don't think you're going to see it, but, boy, that's a fun thing for the fans to consider. Yeah, where does uh, Sheets play a little first base for you? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, Maybe. Another left-handed, I mean, the, the third you don't know about Mash Mervis. Baseman? What if Mash right. Mervis becomes Mush Mervis? You just don't know if he's going to hit at the major league level. Sure. I like what he has to offer, but if they were so sure – about Matt Mervis, I don't think Eric Hosmer would have been introduced Friday night at the Cubs convention. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, there is a lot of ifs and buts, but uh, I just think Madrigal would flourish uh, with an opportunity in spring training. White Sox can't count on him just like the Cubs can't because of his injuries, but I do know talking to him yesterday, that you know, he's, he's with the trainer five days a week. We've heard the same thing with Grandal. The White Sox players are... Uh, taking this uh, rather uh, uh, seriously after having injuries, uh, you know, with with Grandal and Madrigal with the Cubs. So uh, they're doing all the things they need to to be ready. As to whether they're answers or not, we don't know. 630 texter, Johnny Cueto almost single-handedly saved last season. To let him walk is as dumb as letting Carlos Rodon walk out the door. That's an interesting comparison. Bruce, I wanted to close the loop on what you – had speculated we had a fun conversation a couple weeks ago about the Dodgers looking for a shortstop after losing out on Trey Turner, losing out on the shortstop market, and we talked about the possibility of Tim Anderson being dangled and the hypothetical trade and, and the repercussions. 
They they pulled the trigger on a deal on Friday. They got their veteran shortstop Miguel Rojas from the Marlins. So that means Gavin Lux likely to move to second base. That is their response to losing Trey Turner. Thoughts on the Dodgers getting Rojas at shortstop? Yeah, I, I mean, I had the Dodgers matched up, David, uh, by going after Hendricks. Okay, Anderson was a part of it, but I I, I don't. That was going to have to be a super deal with one of those blockbusters 11-player deals that you know you you, you rarely see. I, I don't see that happening. Obviously, the Hendricks is not going anywhere. The Dodgers needed a lockdown closer. The White Sox being in contention, you know, it, it seemed far-fetched that they were going to trade their lockdown closer. But again, um, at, at this point in time, it looks like Lux is going to play second base and uh, slowly move to short if they need him to. Dodgers, you know, for a team that won 111 games last year, they lost a lot in the offseason. They lost a lot of luster by losing in the first round of the playoffs, and they lost, they lost some really important players, their shortstop and third baseman last year. So from that perspective, and Bellinger for whatever he gave them, uh, from that perspective, the, the Dodgers are probably not done, and the Sox, as Rick Hahn said, probably not done making trades either. Yeah, they've got a month to go about before spring training. Once you get to spring training, they still technically could make a deal. A little less likely. isn't it? If you're going to make a trade, it's probably going to be in the next four weeks or so. And I do think that you do still need some infield depth or starting second baseman. And you need to be able to go into spring training without so much pressure placed on Sebi Zavala, Bruce. I think he's in right now. You said, where's your catcher? He's going to be the compliment to Yasmani Grandal. But even that doesn't make you feel that much better about the position because Zavala would have to make a big step before you would remove any doubts. Yeah, obviously. So uh, I, I'm just, you know, uh, when I take Rick uh, at his uh, word because it was unsolicited when he was talking to us in the media about a week ago uh, saying, hey, we don't feel we're finished product yet. So I, I really like the, the, the aggressive way that he came out with that. Help me understand this. Uh, a texter points this out too, 630. Is Danny Mendick an option at second base? No, Danny Mendick is an option for the Mets in the infield as a depth piece because with Carlos Correa moving out of New York to Minnesota, by the way, a move that I want to get your thoughts on in a moment, but Danny Mendick is no longer in Chicago as an option to be a second baseman. They're, they let him go, and uh, I think uh, he's one of those guys that – was valuable to the Sox and created a, a carved out a niche that I think you're going to miss. He did a really fine job uh, when uh, Anderson initially went down, then he got hurt, but uh, be better than anyone expected. He hit enough as well. So good luck to him in New York. Uh, again, getting the depth at that position, you know, is essential, but second base is, uh, is number one for the White Sox. They have to kind of solve that. Again, I'm I'm queasy about the catching job. Uh, you know, Grandal's a pro. Hopefully, he can catch 80 games for you. Uh, you know, Zavala is is that the other guy that you want catching the other 80? I don't know. Uh, I I just think they need something. You know, a little bit more solid back there. Bruce, if you're queasy about the catching job, I don't want to know how your stomach turned once you found out Carlos Correa was returning to the division and playing for the Twins. Bad news for the White Sox because this is somebody signed a six-year, $200 million deal. And, hey, by the way, uh, bearing the lead, he passed the physical. He passed their physical. That was a lot easier. He'd already passed one physical there before. That was when he signed a three-year, $100 million contract contract. 
last year. So uh, again, uh, I'm glad it's official now. Correa is on three teams this offseason. It was a very busy offseason for him, going from Minnesota to San Francisco to New York and back back to Minnesota. Uh, it does make it more difficult for the uh, for the White Sox uh, in the division because he, he when he's on the field, he's an impact player. There's no doubt about it. Most unpredictable free agent odyssey ever. You had the Giants, one team that was ready to introduce him. You had the Mets, after that fell through, that publicly endorsed him. And then you had the Twins, who officially signed him. You and he was going back, back home. So what a circuitous route it has been for Carlos Correa this offseason. And he's back where he started. <laughs> the thorn in the White Sox side, perhaps, for the next six years. That's not good. That's a team that uh, if they didn't improve, they still are there to be reckoned with because Carlos Correa, you know, that's a guy you thought was leaving the division, and here he is back in the AL Central. All right, Bruce, we're going to uh, look at what Tom Ricketts had to say this morning at the family panel when we come back. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, final segment. Bruce, this year the Ricketts family brought back the family panel at the Cubs convention. And even though it competed with us directly here on The Score, uh, this morning, Tom Ricketts and his family decided to, I guess it was Tom and Laura, on stage. They hadn't been there for a while. It's the first convention because of COVID in, in a couple of years, but they also had stayed away from that. Tom kidded that it was the lowest rated uh, in their surveys, the seminar. I don't buy that, but they returned this year. Did you think that was significant in any way? I thought it was, and I, I thought, you know, uh, Tom was – you know, introducing Pat Hughes and introducing our, our great uh, teammates' uh, accomplishments this year, going into the Cub Hall of Fame and uh, getting the Ford C. Frick Award, being the uh, top broadcaster, and getting recognition at the Hall of Fame this July as well. Initially, but when when Tom was introduced, it was you know to be honest, it was kind of tepid. You know, the uh, the ovation, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's it's the wait and see right now. I think Tom has been a very popular. Uh, owner up until maybe, you know, 18, 19, you know, when things started to go the other way a little bit. And then uh, to his credit, I think he put the, the brakes on the front office saying, hey, no more spending until we start showing a farm system that you guys promised along with our winning championships. You prom- promised us a farm system. It's not there. So no more spending. I, I think he, he fell, you know, a, a little bit under the uh, – the uh, thumb of, of Cub fans who thought that he should have continued his spending. That, that being the case, and this long-winded introduction into no, no, uh, Tom, I, but, uh, he's, he, he, uh, he talked today at a seminar, as you said, right at the time that we were on the air. But I think that you're right. You know, Things started to go south for Tom Ricketts popularity-wise. The salary dump of Hugh Darvish being traded, that, that was the beginning of, of the end of his reign as being a popular chairman i suppose and then the quote that got repeated uh, and associated with him uh and forever the biblical losses he had a hard time overcoming that but i think he started gradually to do that one thing that will be popular 
was that when he came on stage this morning with Laura Ricketts at the family panel at the Cubs convention, he made news and breaking news here on the score bet brought to you by BetQL. The breaking news is the Cubs will add a statue outside Wrigley Field, and it will be of number 23, Ryan Sandberg. We just want everyone to know that uh, I know what you're, you're already thinking who the next statue is, but we, have, we do want to announce our, our next statue is um, in progress. And um, no, not Sammy Sosa. <laughs> it's not. It's uh, some, somebody a little more obvious, and I'm sure that everyone in this room can guess who that is. So, um, so I think we have him with us today, do we? Is he sitting, uh, sitting right there? Uh, Ryan Sandberg. How about that? Great news. Ryan Sandberg getting his statue alongside Fergie Jenkins and their others. Bruce, that was a long time coming. Not a huge shock, but it's nice to hear it made official this morning. I thought it was, he was going to say Frank Chance. and Because uh, <laughs> Frank Chance was the peerless leader of the Chicago Cubs. Before there was a Mr. Cub or a Rhino at second base, before any of that, it was the peerless leader, Frank Chance, leading the Cubs to their first world championships in the early 1900s. But uh, well-deserved, Ryan Sandberg. You know, as, as popular a guy as, as you could get uh, still around being a, uh, a representative of the Cubs uh, all the time. You see him at Wrigley Field. So good congratulations to Rhino, uh, Margaret, and his entire family. It's well-deserved. Bruce, the teenage Cub fan in me, seeing Mark Grace introduced last night next to Sean Dunstan and now Rhino on stage. This is a, a, a fun time to reminisce about what their careers were like, and I – don't think anybody who knows Ryan Sandberg couldn't be happier for him. Your enthusiasm for Ryan Sandberg's will be probably more than he will express publicly, but you know deep down inside, as stoic as he may be at times still, he's got to be very proud and, and honored by this this being bronze for, forever. This is cool. It's a great thing, oh. and I'm glad that Tom Ricketts and the Cubs did this. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, look, I got my first baseball card here, David, yesterday from the marquee uh, group, so – when you I got came a into the card. when I came when I came into the uh, when I came into the convention yesterday, four or five people came up to me right away and said, "Hey, Bruce, uh, can you sign this?" And I, I didn't I didn't know the marquee put out this great set of baseball cards for all the uh, people on their on their station. And uh, you know, I was blindsided. I said, "Sure." You know, uh, it was one guy uh, gave me a brand new baseball to sign as well. I said, "Nope, not going to ruin the baseball for you." Okay. <laughs> That baseball costs 20 bucks. Happy to sign this card. But, uh, you know, what I'm saying is, can you imagine a statue of yourself for perpetuity outside Wrigley Field? Uh, That's And what funny. that means in the great history of the Chicago Cubs. I, Rhino I, and his I, family, well-deserved. Well hey, uh, I still little other news sign. out of the, out of there, yeah. too, right, David? I, well, I, yeah, there was, and I want my baseball card signed by you, though, now that you put that on my <laughs> list of to-do. Um, but also, Sammy Sosa, you heard Tom Ricketts' kid about that, but he also was asked about that naturally, as he is at every public appearance, and this is how we address the Sammy Sosa question lingering uh, at the Cub convention. Tom, I know I ask you this question every convention. <laughs> Sam, Sammy Sosa, you, you inducted Mark Grace from the 90s into the Hall of Fame last night, which is awesome. I'm a kid from the 90s, and it's, what's the progress with Sammy? Well, I have to say, I don't think there's really any progress with Sammy. Nothing's really changed um, that I know of anyway. Um, obviously, I, I see kind of, um, 
I mean, I, I see both sides of, of this issue or this, this discussion. And um, I hope someday that we come to like a, a really nice resolution with it. But, um, but I don't really have anything new to report on Sammy today. Same question, Bruce. Same answer from Tom Ricketts. What needs to change for the answer to be different? Just a conversation. You know, they need to sit down for a couple hours and talk. Sammy, here's what, here's what we expect from you. We don't necessarily need you to say that you cheated your whole career or anything like that, but we want you to be uh, honest and, and forthright about, you know, some of the things that went on during your career as a Cub. We know it's, it's a great career. It should be honored. How do we get to that point? I think that's what has to take place in a conversation uh, with, uh, with Sammy Sosa. I mean, look. You know, most of his five, uh, 600 home runs came as a Chicago Cub. He he holds the all-time record. It's not Ernie Banks. It, it's Sammy Sosa. So if steroids are not, Sammy Sosa was the only reason, major reason, to go to Wrigley Field for about 10 years, you know, while he was in the driver's seat. I'm not saying uh, that doing steroids was right and that it should be ignored. Uh, but, again... He's never admitted to it. He's never talked about uh, doing it. So this would be a big turnaround for Sammy to have to say, yes, I did. Will you let me back into Wrigley Field now? I think that there are a lot of smart people who are associated with the Cubs and Tom Ricketts that can find a way to word an ex explanation or I don't think it needs to be necessarily an apology. I don't think it needs to be an admission of guilt. But there's gray area here that everyone, I think, can find. And we can agree that it's time, it's past time. There doesn't need to be black or white, yes or no, check a box. Should, should, Sammy Sosa, I think, should, should find a way or the Cubs should find a way to be able to acknowledge what he accomplished in, in a number 21 jersey. And I don't know if it's a statue. I don't know if it's a jersey. I don't know what the way that they do it, Bruce, but he should be welcomed back. It's time, it's past time. I understand why they wouldn't be in the past, but I just the longer this goes on, the more you wonder uh, why they haven't and, and how, uh, how they should. Because it, it, for, you're right, about better part of a decade, the Cubs were Sammy Sosa. People to think today, including Jamison Tyone of the Chicago Cubs, joining us on the show. Cesar Perez doing a great job for us as a producer. David, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. Looking forward to spring training coming up in less than a month, David. Uh, I hope by the, then, Bruce, uh, you have you have given me your baseball card and signed it. And I think that you will probably have writer's cramp because you'll be signing so many baseball cards before then. Only one caveat, David. If you put it between the spokes of your bike, that's the only way I give it to you. Bruce, I'm telling you, at this age, I'm way too old for a bike. I'm, I'm on the treadmill, so and I'm on the, the elliptical. I can't ride a bike anymore. <laughs> But I will remember that. Maybe my son could do that. All right, we had we had a fun show. Uh, the DePaul basketball Seton Hall at the Blue Demons Wintrust Arena with Zach Zaidman coming up at 10:45. Bruce, thanks for lining up everything this week. Another great show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back on Monday with the Mullen Haw Show. Appreciate you listening inside the clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.